Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show. Why do you keep doing that for the interstitials? You know we don't have to do that for the interstitials. It's just ingrained into my head. If I don't do that, I'm going to do the Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch the shows that you recommend, which is... Also not right. Distinctly wrong. It's literally me smashing together my favorite podcast and ours and... It's very, very, very incorrect. Yeah. I mean, we do watch shows people recommend. That's the thing we do. That is true. Yeah. I mean, most... Most of the shows we watch technically aren't recommended. Yeah. But yeah, some of them are. Anyways, I'm Josh. I'm the other one. His name is Justice. And this is Inside the Cockpit or In the Cockpit? Inside the Cockpit. Inside the Cockpit. I don't even remember the name of the show right now. Jeez. You never do. And this is the Interstitial Podcast, where we talk about what we want to talk about. The things we've been watching, the things we've been doing, the things that have intrigued us, so on and so forth. The random forth. thoughts we've had, like, the Interstitial Podcast, just as a concept of just an entirely different podcast that's just called the Interstitial Podcast, where they treat the show like every episode is like, just a brief break between something else, but it's not actually. It's just one of those, like, sit down, talk about whatever things, but you act like it's part of a larger, uh... Uvra. Uvra is the word I wanted, but I was like, that doesn't necessarily feel right, but yeah. I would totally be fine with that show, provided that its intro and outro music were Muzak, and like, if they had any like silences, yeah. it was also filled with Muzak. <laughs> the interstitial podcast makes me think Muzak. Yeah, I know, we, I know we don't do it. Fucking hold things. But we should. Now that it's like clicked in my brain, we should find intro and outro music that is just Muzak. I mean, we, we have some, we have some, uh copyright free free use bossa nova music that i already have saved we used it once for our witcher review okay yeah pre-witcher review episode where we talked with canths okay yeah 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 I'm and we treated it like a customer service call i found some bossa nova music and put that in there huh i'm liking this idea more and more <laughs> anyways you said you had nothing to talk about I have talked about my one thing to talk about, and that one thing to talk about was spontaneously generated by starting the show. Well, I have a myriad of things. Recently, started the show Severance, which is, I think, an HBO original. Oh, yeah, we did start that. It's a good show. I think we're four episodes in, maybe five. Sounds right. Very good show. Enjoying it a lot. It's somewhere between the back rooms... And, like, a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. It's got a little creepypasta element going on there, too, but, like... Yeah, kind of. I mean, but Black Mirror kind of, like, hits on creepypasta in general. Yeah, because most creepypastas are shower thoughts that then get turned into a story. Technically, Black Mirror is just the old man shouting at the sky. Yeah. It's the, oh, books are going to make people's memories worse, which is an actual argument that Plato made. Yeah. Um, Yeah, people have been complaining about the next step in media since media. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of recent tweets. Apparently, there's videos where, or, like, there's applications that you can install on your phone that let you, like, actively play a game while watching a YouTube video while also doing another thing. And, like, it's not just, like, a singular split screen. Like, it's normal, but people are, like, complaining. He's, like, the one I've seen recently get tweeted around is, like, my eight-year-old brother, this is how he uses his phone on a daily basis and like this is kids are gonna have no attention span in the future and i'm like why are you hating on him all he's doing is playing a simple mindless game yeah while also watching youtube and listening to music yeah no so many people already do that they just don't do it all on the same device like dude if i could get away with like my phone apps that like where i can play like a mindless game and have a youtube video pull up on my phone i would do it i just don't care enough to install shit like i would play hanafuda and watch some fucking random youtube video in the background i don't know how often i've like put a youtube video on and then like three minutes later been playing vampire survivors while like kind of watching the youtube video look i have been recently trying to learn how to play go more and i can do go logic puzzles that the app provides me with the daily puzzle 
I can do the Go Logic puzzles. I still can't fucking play a game from start. Go horribly is, fail that. Go is one of the most complicated games that I gave up learning. Well, like I, what bothers me is I can do the fucking logic puzzles, right? To like vaguely understand how the game works and understand like which plays are important to make here. I can do that, but I have no idea how to start a game. So you know the logic puzzles are like, yeah, no, this is clearly quite a ways into a game. What is the like correct moves to make here? And I'll be like, okay, well, I know I need to split here that way I can have this section live so my pieces don't get captured, or I need to stop them from playing a piece here so I can capture theirs. It's not too hard. It really sounds like you need to... But I just, I know no openings in Go. I was gonna say, it really sounds like you need to read, like, a Go opening and theory book. (laughs) Yeah, I I know no openings for Go, but I I lied. I do have a topic. I've been trying to learn how to play Go again. There was a window in my life where I would have put a bunch of effort into learning Go, and that was when I first started reading Hikoto no Go. (laughs) So yeah, Um, when you were, like, what, 10? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, 15, like, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And if we had had internet or, like, a reliable, like, means of getting to a library. I remember, because you were trying to learn how to play Go, and you're like, I need someone to learn with me. So you had me trying to learn how to play Go, and I was like, I didn't have any, like, six. I didn't have any resource books for it, like, anything, like, that would help me learn. The only thing I had was... (laughs) was a fucking manga. And, like, each manga had, like... The small little lessons in the back. Yeah, yeah, like, a four-page thing on lessons for Go. And it was like, there was no way to learn in that situation. God, no. Yeah. I wanted to learn how to play so badly. Hikaru Nogo made Go look cool. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! made Yu-Gi-Oh! look cool. Yeah, but one of those is actually, like, an entertaining game. And one of those is not. I mean, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! is insanely entertaining. Like, projections of monsters. I was talking about it in real life. I still think Yu-Gi-Oh! is probably more entertaining to, like, a layperson watching games. I think you mean a lame person. No, that'd be be the person watching Go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Severance, go. It's the new year. It's literally my birthday. It is. Uh, Not. You're a fucking liar. In the kayfabe of the show, we recorded this the day before it went live, <laughs> not the day that no, it went live. No, so in the kayfabe, I, I offer no expectations like that. So in the kayfabe, it is still my birthday, and also I haven't went to sleep yet. Still my birthday. <laughs> you know how. Yeah, days yeah, work. I know how days work. <laughs> but it's the new year, which means it's time for the all-important New Year's resolutions. Those things that most people break, but I am not break. I have three New Year's resolutions or one big New Year's resolution, depending on how you want to look at it. Oh uh, yeah, I'll get into mine, but. First, I have a question. No, I don't have one. You don't have a single New Year's resolution? No. I don't think I've ever actually made a New Year's resolution in my life. It just never felt like a thing I cared about doing. I, I don't think I've ever made a New Year's resolution that required me to put forth effort. There were like New Year's resolutions where like, I will have a better year or like stuff that like I can't actually control because those are the best New Year's resolutions because then if you fail, it's not your fault. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I've, I just legitimately think I've never made one. Not that I can ever recall. So my New Year's resolution this year so i like anime you like anime Meh. our friend groups like anime and our friends are very into one specific anime they really enjoyed it they've watched all of it but it's it's like a monster of an anime i, think I it, wonder what it could be it's monster monster is this really really cool scene in anime yeah but that's not an issue like you could get through monster in like a couple weeks yeah no i'm talking about one piece the anime that has 1000 and i think 94 episodes counting all the filler fuck if i know 
So, yeah, a lot. But I'm going to watch all of One Piece, minus the, like, complete filler stuff. I'll watch the, like, anime canon stuff that wasn't in the manga because it's still canon. Yeah. But I'm not watching the actual filler arcs. Which Understandable. On- which only knocks out, like, 100 episodes. Unlike Naruto, where it knocks out, like, 50% of the fucking show. I think it's 30%. Oh, no. I was so far off. That takes me the rest of my, my New Year's resolution, because One Piece is part of a series of anime, or a group, a group of, of anime. anime. Qu- well, a group of manga. That were referred to as the big three because... Yeah, they are the next big three most likely to make it into the top 10 pro heroes once graduating UA. So... You've got Lemillion, Sun Eater, and Nezure John. So the actual big three... I just said them, and then obviously Sun Eater's the best of them. Yeah, Sun Eater's the best. But the actual big three in the real world, not in My Hero Academia, were a series of mangas that in the 90s... Late 90s, early 2000s. Saved Shonen Jump from going under. Shonen Jump was on a course to go bankrupt, and these three mangas buoyed the cells of Shonen Jump to such an extent that not only did Shonen Jump recover from their financial almost near disaster, but became led them into like the golden age of Shonen Jump. It was became the most profitable era in Shonen Jump's history. Yeah. And those anim- those manga were One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach. Yeah. Don't there's this whole like internet discourse about the next big three or like the big three before the big three. Yeah, and but- the fact the fact is there is no next big three because the next big three were a product of a time period and a product of like yeah. a series of events. And until something like that happens again, you're not gonna have Yeah, you can have the argument of well what is the current flagship of Shonen Jump? What was the flagships after those three? What was the flagship before it? The flagship before it was Dragon Ball Z, but like you there's the argument of what other flagships, but there's not a big three. But yeah, Dragon Ball Z. No. Dragon Ball Z is an interesting thing in like just the manga sales of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Because Dragon Ball Z at its peak, the manga sales were so high that at least in Japan, it is currently impossible impossible quotations for another manga to outsell the original Dragon Ball Z volumes. The crashing of a population. Because when Dragon Ball Z was at its most popular, it was something like 80% of the population was buying Dragon Ball Z volumes. Yeah. And now it was like people would have to buy like two or three copies of a volume of manga at the same like percentage rate of population to outpace Dragon Ball Z. So, yep. but no. So I'm going to watch all of One Piece sans filler, but also because I am not going to stop there, I'm going to watch all of Naruto and Naruto Shippuden sans filler and then I'm gonna watch all of Bleach and Bleach Thousand Year Blood War sans filler. I've seen a lot of Bleach and I've seen most Naruto pre Shippuden. Yeah. But I've never seen all of them and they are like famous for a reason. Not just because they save Shonen Jump but because as far as Shonen anime go they're some of the most influential and important of like my lifetime. Yeah. You're not wrong. And if I can get through all three of those I'm gonna go watch Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. I've seen every episode of Z. That's not even a question. I think instead if you make it through all three of those you should watch three of like the biggest shoujo. Mm, Maybe next year. (laughs) Anime, like you should watch Card Captor Sakura and then Card Captor Sakura Clear Card. And then Card Captor Sakura, whatever the other one is. There's two, bud. Okay. I just figured you were in the name of Third Card Captor Sakura. No, no. Clear Card is just like a continuation of. I was only going to count that as one show. Like, one would only oh. count Naruto, Naruto, oh, yeah. Putin as one show. That's fair, yeah. It's a reasonable suggestion, but I am going to do Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super because Dragon Ball has a fun place in my heart. Yu Yu Hakusho was the first anime I ever watched, like, and realized it was anime. But Dragon Ball Z was the first anime I watched and followed near real. Religiously. I recorded on VHS the entire Android and Cell arc. And I watched the geopolitical drama that was Gundam. I didn't understand it was a geopolitical drama. 
I just know there were big robots fighting each other. Also, cool. I'm still kind of watching Lost. I'll get back to it eventually. He's never going to finish it. This is what happens with him. I think he'll make it maybe halfway through One Piece and then give up. To be fair, I'm already 130 episodes into One Piece. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not halfway through. I'll give you halfway. Now, see, the difference is I've already watched some of the worst of One Piece. I'm literally right at my least favorite arc that I remember. Yeah. But I've watched the worst of One Piece already. Season 2 of Lost is just god-tier garbage. It's so boring. Oh, I, I will eventually fight through it and get to the better stuff. But like, part of my brain just is like always. You should rewatch Heroes. You should watch rewatch Being Humans. You should rewatch Teen Wolf. And like, those things draw my attention because I I already know I love them. And I don't have to like fight through anything except Teen Wolf season one. I have to fight through that when you rewatch it. Yeah. Teen Wolf season one was not a good season. No, season four was pretty weak too. Yeah. And also, honestly, once Allison kind of like disappeared from the show when she died. Spoilers for a show that's over a decade old. Hey Josh, Teen Wolf's all very decade old. How old are you? And how old do you feel? Twenty nine. But right now, I feel like I could easily be pushing 50. Um, <laughs> job, body and pain. It'll get better. But I think that's most of my subject matter, if not all of it. I, I had a couple other things come. Do you have anything, or is it just going to be me talking the entire episode? I talked about Go, thank you very much. And I talked about the brilliant idea that is the interstitial podcast. But yeah, other than those two things, no, I don't really have anything. <sighs> Okay, so Steam gave gave away a bunch of video games for Christmas. Uh, not, not Steam. Epic did. Epic, yeah. Steam doesn't give away stuff. Yeah, Steam's not nice. So Epic gave away a bunch of free games for Christmas, which this isn't a game that I got from Epic's Christmas, but it is a game I got from Epic giving away free games because Epic, if you don't know, gives away free games every week. They're literally bribing you to use their platform and people still hate them. Yeah, it's crazy. I get it. They're partially owned by Tencent and uh, your phone's already spying on you for all the mega corporations. Who cares if China's spying on you too? Look, man. And like Epic's partially owned by Tencent. Steam is perfectly fine with black market sales of electronic goods to fund their own marketplace. Yeah, they're all a little evil. It's capitalism. But Epic gave away a game in the last year called Citizen Sleeper. And I recently played through the entirety of Citizen Sleeper's campaign. Okay. It is a RPG where you play as a what's called a sleeper, which is a synthetic body that has the consciousness of an actual person put inside of it. Okay. And the purpose of a sleeper is specifically to like do indentured servitude work to pay off like and make money, yeah. pay off debts and make money. And while you're in the sleeper, the actual you is unconscious in like a cryo chamber somewhere. Yeah, because your consciousness has to be sheltered off somewhere else. Yeah. So by agreeing to become a sleeper, you're creating a severed version of your consciousness, kind of like the show Severed we watched. Severance, uh, but yeah, sure. Severance, go off. Yeah. And the entire game takes place on a space station that is slowly falling into disrepair as, like, certain groups move to, like, move wealth into more wealthy capitalism. Yeah. But the game's story is spectacular and incredibly moving. I know there's multiple story paths and, like, I probably only grazed, like, 10-15% of the total game. But Citizen Sleeper is an amazing game. The story is just very much worth the time you put into it. I think it took me, like, 6-7 hours to play through one time. So, what I'm hearing is the game is good and it's probably fine that I avoided my knee-jerk reaction to be like, oh, Citizen Sleeper. Yeah, that's what I called Citizen Kane 2. 
I will it's not say, Citizen Kane's a good movie. I don't know why you felt the need to bash. My brain made a joke. I will say the game itself, there's not a lot of like action going on. It's resource management, time management. So that's fine. But I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Every day your body degrades because the corporation that made you intentionally made you so you had a planned obsolescence so that you couldn't just run away from them like you did. Oh, shit. You're made by Apple. Yeah, Apple in the far future. It, and so you have to like get a hold of illegal drugs that the corporation would normally provide for the sleeper to prevent them from expiring. Game is very good. I very much enjoyed it. I think I got one of the best endings, but it's still incredibly sad. And in part, by choosing as a sleeper to like continue on and like live your own life. Yeah, you've consigned your own self to oblivion. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of like interesting stuff going on in Citizen Sleeper that made it a highly enjoyable story. I mean, at that point, you could... There's a reading where it's just toxic familiar bonds, right? Yeah, it's also got a very like large trans allegory because like yeah. even though your body that you're in might be a male body or a female body, I think I've explained a female body, the person who is in that body, the mind of that person, doesn't necessarily sync up with the sleeper body because the sleeper body was made for specific tasks. Yeah. So so like Also there'd be the whole body dysmorphia yes. no matter who you are. There, if yeah. the if the sleeper body isn't made to replicate your actual self, no matter who's being put inside the sleeper, there's going to be initial body dysmorphia. There's this dissonance between who you are and the body you're in. And, like, sleeper bodies don't experience cold and heat the same way humans do. Dope. So, like, you also have these memories of, like, things that you... Can't experience? Yeah. It's all... Citizen Sleeper is an all-star game as far as story goes. And playing the game, I just got really deep into the sleeper experience and emotionally heart-tugging nice Um, nice spoilers for one of the potential endings i befriended this young girl and her father who is who wasn't actually her father she arrived on the space station as a survivor of like a a spaceship a spaceship that lost oxygen yeah and this guy took her in but he's been working to help build this shuttle because everybody that helps build the shuttle is going to be put in a lottery to like get get on the shuttle yeah and it's a it's a settlement shuttle for for a new planet but as corporations do the corporation cheated cheated us out and only registered quote-unquote members of their union yeah but it wasn't actually a union it was more like a class of people of course were put in for the for the thing so he gets cheated out so his daughter and him are unable to get booking on this ship yeah and you were you're not a registered citizen because you're a sleeper who's on this station illegally anyways Mm -hmm. you get snubbed as well even though you've been putting in work to help build the shuttle eventually you can hack your way into the shuttle and like create fake births for you and yeah them but because you're a sleeper and your body degrades over time while you're on the shuttle, the people who got births by helping build it aren't in the cryo sleep that it would be needed to survive the entire trip. Okay. The entire trip is like 40 plus years. So the end of the game for me was told through the eyes of the daughter mm-hmm. who had to watch her father die and watch you slowly degrade into nothing. Fun. It was heartbreaking and moving at the same time. Ah, seriously. The better solution is to rise up and kill the corporate overlords and then take the shuttle for yourselves. I don't know if that's an option. The you workers c- made it. It is the workers' right. You can join a um, gang that is essentially just a very powerful union. I helped them do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. Game is very good. Outside of Citizen Sleeper, though, I had another couple topics. Okay. So, first topic, Kickstarters. Okay. 
I'm finally getting the Avatar role-playing game. <laughs> it shipped out yesterday, two days ago. Sure. Next I, thing you know, you're all getting another notification that's like, ah, it hasn't shipped. I have tracking information for it, so... It's an error on their part. That's oh. not actually there. See, I love Avatar. You love Avatar. I think the majority of people our age love Avatar. Okay, no answer. Sure. So I backed the Avatar Kickstarter because I also love role-playing I, games. I, I, I didn't realize I was supposed to answer there. You stated an obvious fact. What was I supposed to do with that? It would be like, yeah, that was an obvious fact. I was just looking for affirmation that you love Avatar. Uh, otherwise, it's just me making blanket statements that could or could not be true. But the game shipped. It was supposed to have originally released last February, but because they were too successful, mm-hmm. they had to push it back. Initially, they pushed it back to summer of last year. That didn't pan out either. The funny thing is, they were so successful, and they had initially planned on having the books in people's hands in February. Yep. We didn't get the PDFs for the books until July. The PDFs that were basically already done because the book was already done. Yeah. So my point being, Magpie Games sucks. Never, never going to support them in any other creation they do. This is me actively slandering Magpie Games. It's not slander, though, because it's all true. I'm not speaking falsities. The issue I have with Magpie Games is they actively lie to people to promote their Kickstarter. Yeah. So really excited to get it. Really excited to be done with Magpie Games. Understandable. I also, last week, received the trophy role-playing game systems in the mail. Finally. From a Kickstarter. That was two years overdue, but they kept me up to date the entire time. Part of the reason why it became two years overdue was because they lost half of their staff during COVID. Yeah. Like, they fought to get these books out. And, and they never claimed the books were already done. Mm-hmm. When they were like, they were literally like, hey, the funniness, so we can actually make the book. So we can pay people to help write it. We have this really cool idea. We have like a basic idea of what we're doing, but to flush it out, we need money. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the the trophy books look amazing. Are the second most beautiful RPG books we have in the apartment. Yeah. The only books that are more beautiful than the trophy books are the 20th anniversary Exalted and Mage books you have. Yes. I was like, there's one correct answer here. You shall say it. Or you shall perish. Morkborg is also very, like, yeah, I, love, yeah, yeah. I love the stylistic nature of it, but... The fucking Exalted book is so pretty, man. It's mm-hmm. my favorite book. Trophy had some holdups with, like, the additional stuff, but mm-hmm. they're like, we're just gonna send you your books now, and when the additional stuff comes through, we'll send that separately. No additional shipping on your part. I was Which like... Which is how you handle that shit. Yeah. The thing is, Trophy was made by a small game company. Gauntlet Games. Yeah. They never lied about where the goals were, where deadlines were, or anything. They got PDFs into our hands as soon as possible and refreshed the PDFs every time they updated the books. And then when it became apparent that, like, dice and character cards and stuff were going to get delayed, they went ahead and got the books out to the people. Yeah, and let you know that, hey, things are going to get delayed, but you will get them, and we will not charge you shipping for them again. At one point, Avatar delayed everybody that ordered the deluxe tier because there was a single hang-up with, like, a bag or something. Yeah, a bag that looks nothing like what was proposed sometimes i hate kickstarter other times i love it like i've got some really cool shit on kickstarter i generally try to avoid things that are tied to big name products or big name creations fair enough like the biggest thing i've done like i've backed probably is berserker uh the counter reeves comic uh, the switch hard really the hard copy of that switch game also wonderful 101 yeah that one yeah i guess like but yeah berserker which is wonderful like, 101 you're not wrong but it's also like one of the it's not like a truly indie game studio but it's yeah kind of and yeah. they've had a great track record throughout history of like actually making good product and the game already existed they were just updating it to a new hardware mm-hmm. so i was like ah, should we 
be fine. And also, like, they're, they're indie in the sense, like, things are indie now because indie no longer describes the studios working on things. It describes the style. It describes the style and genre. It's the same, yeah. in, it's the same in music now. Like, dance, Joe Jonas's other band is called Indie Pop. Yeah. Or Indie Dance Pop. They are so far from an independent music group mm-hmm. that it's ridiculous. But it's because indie has evolved yeah. past. Now, the Wonderful 101 that I backed was basically just, like, back in the creation of, like, super rare game release. Like, super rare games. Yeah. All they shit they do, which I recently found out that they had a uh, a Monster Prom. Oh, that's cool. Release. No, it's not. You're upset you didn't get it. I'm a, so I could still get one of them. They had three different versions. <laughs> There's still some left with just the here's a physical copy. And then there was a still book. Okay. And then there was a collector's edition with the still book, some stickers, a temporary tattoo, which I obviously would have never used, a yearbook, and other shit. And I have I found where I can buy it. I have found one copy for sale. Seven hundred dollars. No, no, not that bad. Not that bad. But it is unopened for two hundred and seventy dollars. That actually surprises me. I expected it to be way more expensive. Yeah, no, only two hundred and seventy bucks. Hmm. Only still feels like the wrong word there though. Those Monster Prom have like a multiplayer? Yeah, M- Monster Prom is a one to four player co-op game. Hmm. So I had a friend tweeting out that he wanted to start like a Monster Prom multiplayer thing. Yeah. So. In co-op player for Monster Prom, multiple people can try to court the same person, but they will only ever date one person in the game, and other people can screw you over in that, or you can screw them over, or, or... You can play by yourself, but have a co-op pulled up and make them fail everything to make the other person look better. That way, it's easier to get dates. I feel like you're talking from experience. That way, you can get all of the endings. All of the, like, 40 fucking endings. It really feels like you're talking from experience. It is strangely, like, the one game where I kind of want to get everything. (laughs) The issue is, it's not like you can go through, like, a certain route to get every fucking scene or ending. Yeah. Because it's all just kind of fucking randomized and thrown in there. And there's some different outcomes. So I have played through and, like, gotten the same outcome or came across the same alternate special scenes, which is like, yeah, that says it's a special ending, but I've gotten it before. (laughs) And I'm just like, I know there are more, and I want the other special ending, please. Can can I do that? No? Okay. And there are a few things where you have to buy a certain item to trigger something later on or whatever, so on and such, but yeah. So if you fail to buy a certain item at a certain time, you can get locked out of certain endings? Yeah, or a certain scene. It may not even be a certain ending. It can be a certain scene. Like, uh, I know you can buy a dead body, and I... one of the endings what? one of the endings is you just go to prom with a dead body that's insane yeah that's insanity i love the game the game's delightful i have monster prom i have monster camp and i need to buy monster road trip and there isn't there a monster prom too there's monster prom there's monster prom second term which is dlc for monster prom there's monster camp which would be monster prom 2 okay and then there's monster road trip yeah okay okay this is an entire like oeuvre that i have no concept of really I know that you like the Monster Prom series. I know my friend Ty likes the Monster Prom series. It has great art. It has good story slash funny story or just dumb weird shit going on sometimes, which is always fun. And I know at least half of my favorite podcast loves Monster Prom. Monster Prom's a fun time. And Monster Road Trip is different from Monster Prom and Monster Camp. It plays differently. Yeah, I've heard. But it's still fun. It's more roguelite-ish. I can't remember if it's Joff or Jin who loves Monster Prom. And yes, I'm I'm portmanteauing both of their names, so I can't be wrong. I think it's the first one. Uh... (laughs) No, I think it's the second one. I don't know which is which they. We'll go with the second one if we swap vowels. The first one if we swap consonants. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else? If you would like to give me $270, so I could buy Monster Prom Super Rare Games Edition, but through a private seller that I have found who will sell it to me for $270, that would be greatly appreciated. If you're going to give us that money, if you're going to give him that money, you need to give it to him directly. He's yeah, you can't go to the Patreon or anything like that or to the co-pilots email, but you can email us at co-pilots and tag it, hey, Justice, this email specifically for you. Josh doesn't check the email that often anyways and then we can work something out with like a venmo or a cash so, app or a paypal or something you're, you're right i don't check the emails but it's because every time we get an email it's a push notification on my phone so i just swipe them left 90 percent of the time yeah you'll do that this time too it's fine I'll you'll see, never need to know i'll see that type line okay but i need you to pretend you're like google to be like hey there's been a google sign and blah 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 <laughs> He'll ignore it a hundred percent. That's true. I would do that a hundred percent. The most that happens is I'll get like a snapshot. Just like, hey, did you sign into something on Copilot? I'll be like, yeah, logged me out of something. It'll be like, okay, cool. So I have only one topic left then, but it's a biggie. Doesn't he have a broken neck? Yeah, and actually he's related to the top. I realized you were going with wrestling. That's why I made a wrestling reference for you. Uh, I think he's actually. I think his neck's actually technically better now, although he might still never wrestle again. So I I don't actually know the topic man i was just going for the transition and you have killed the transition flow it's fine do your wrestling thing now so january has already been an astounding month in pro wrestling and we're only 11 and a half days in not even a half day we've already had what could be the best match of the year thanks to wrestle kingdom which is japan's wrestlemania um kenny omega versus will osprey can't be that good of a match if it took you that long to remember will osprey was that other person my memory is garbage and every time i think of kenny omega and an amazing match in new japan my my mouth wants to auto default to okada but it's osprey this time he tagged with okada the next day at new year's Dash. But one of the best matches, we had Sasha Banks premiering in a non-WWE wrestling promotion when she premiered for NJPW. But most insane of all... An actual the- WWE wrestler showed up and did stuff? I mean, yes, that's who. Carl Anderson showed up in NJPW. NJPW was insane. It had signed talent from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and a whole bunch of other places. It had one of WWE's top women talent making an appearance outside of WWE because she was no longer signed to WWE. And then it had one of the best matches of 2023 and we're 12 days into the month but like i was gonna say the most astounding thing of all so far this year was vince mcmahon blackmailing his way back onto the board of of directors for wwe resulting in his daughter immediately stepping down as co-ceo and a raft of rumors that it wouldn't be blackmail it'd be intimidation oh it's blackmail it's not intimidation he was saying that unless that he was put back on the board and made chairman he wouldn't sign off on any sales or tv rights renewals unless he was chairman which would effectively kill the company because he has high he has over 60 or 70 percent voting rights that's blackmail he's blackmailing the other members of the board by saying if you don't make me chairman i'm going to kill the company well it's not blackmail because blackmail is like demanding payment or i mean i i guess it would be considered a benefit to be chairman right i guess yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. he blackmailed his way except that's only in regards to not revealing compromising or damaging information to gain monetary or benefits so it wouldn't be like he's intimidating his way back into the he was holding the company hostage yes there's that 
But the way he was doing it, I would say would be intimidation. But that's besides the point because now there's a series of rumors because, again, one of the reasons why he wanted on the board was to control a potential sale of WWE. Yeah. There's a bunch of talk now that the Saudi Arabia Investment Fund, the SAIF, yes. have already agreed to a deal to buy WWE. Ooh. And the structure of that deal is apparently months old. Oh, fun. Which implies McMahon was probably working on it when he wasn't technically involved with WWE. Which means he wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah, but now he's the chairman of the board and was in, was elected chairman by a unanimous vote because all of the dissenters were either kicked out of the yeah, board or I realize. Uh, yeah, so for anybody who's not keeping up with wrestling or doesn't really follow wrestling, this is insanely important in the wrestling world, not because WWE is good, although it has been since Vince stepped down. Triple H has done a really good job running the show and making coherent storylines, which was an issue under Vince McMahon because as it came out after his retirement, he would put matches on back-to-back weeks because mm-hmm. he forgot that he already already did the match the, the previous week yeah what's wrong with that it's fine he's a 70 something year old geriatric man with no memory i shouldn't criticize but wwe was actually getting better and having two premier wrestling options makes wrestling better having wwe and AEW competing against each other makes both better and if wwe does go to saudi arabia and gets reprivatized and vince is actually put back in charge things will be worse we're losing we're losing access to that and that's upsetting it makes me think of wizards of the Coast. Which is also being upsetting right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to dive into the new OGL thing because it's really deep law speak and I don't speak law very well. Yeah, most people don't. Yeah. I've seen lawyers who are like specialized in this shit arguing with each other over the language because in some cases... Basically, might... the law argument comes down to, well, they don't... They can clearly make it where people aren't allowed to make things based off of 1D&D or 5th edition. But the original OGL, some argue that they can't remove the ability or try to monetize any form of it because the original clauses did state it was in perpetuity and that there were multiple reinstatements and reinforcements of this. However, other people say that that's not the case that they can do it because it is still their property and that the imperpetuity doesn't actually mean anything basically so the, the issue is that the ogl doesn't actually use language that would grant perpetuity yes, but there was multiple statements made from the company repeatedly throughout a long run of its history and from it. the person that developed the ogl license yes. initially but the issue is the language within the contract which it is a contract yep doesn't actually grant a perpetual agreement yeah and so they should be able to change it although there's this thing and i'm forgetting the terminology for it but it's the reason why they can't can't in quotation marks abolish the reserve list of magic it means that you've made a promise it's promissory estoppel isn't it promissory estoppel and because a bunch of companies and a bunch of businesses like legitimately entire companies have oh, built their existence around they the OGL, exist because of ogl yeah they could argue that the original ogl license created a promissory estoppel when wizards specifically said that this was never like no matter if we updated it or released something else yeah you could still use this that itself creates a promissory estoppel for, for companies like pathfinder and stuff where they can be paizo um, yeah where they can say hey even though there's not perpetual language within the ogl wizards there's a promise of perpetuity that has been made multiple times from executives and representatives of the company throughout its history and thus, we took that information at its face value, as it was stated, and invested into this company that we've created and have put years of resources and time into that relies heavily on this OGL license. Yep. It's in a mess, and it's probably going to have to get resolved in court, and it's probably going to be Paizo versus Wizards of the Coast, because literally no other company has the resources necessary to take Wizards to a protracted legal battle. 
There's vaguely one that might be able to do it. There's an agreeer that might technically be involved if they wanted to be. Disney? Amazon. Oh. Because they worked with Critical Role to make the Critical Role television show. See, Disney also got an interesting foot in this ring. Yeah. Because Wizards is claiming that anything public, that with the new OGL 2.0 update. Yeah. Anything published under an OGL, they would have rights to. Which would give them rights to some Marvel stuff and some Star Wars stuff. Including the Knights of the Old Republic video games. Disney would launch. Yeah. That's that's the legal fight I want to see in 2023. Disney versus Wizards of the Coast. Let's go. Uh, Wizards of the Coast would just die. Actually, be Disney versus Hasbro. Hasbro, yes. But, yes. Uh, I think that's going to be it for us, I actually think the solution would just be Disney buys Hasbro and they've solved their stuff and it's done. Don't say that. Don't don't say that. Justice. Justice. Don't say that. And then Disney will continue on with saying, hey, we own all this OGL stuff. Because Disney's goal is to own every intellectual property in the world. They no longer own Steamboat Willie. It's they no fine. Longer, they no longer own Winnie the Pooh. It's fine. If they own the internet and all of the libraries... Remember, people, Disney no longer owns Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Unless you put a red shirt on him. Yes, if you put a red shirt on Winnie the Pooh, You're it is Disney's version of Winnie the Pooh. But if your Winnie the Pooh is naked or wearing pants. Or a yellow shirt. Or a blue shirt. Or the president of China. Yep. You're not breaking copyright. <sighs> I think that's going to be it for us, though. I would think so. We've exhausted our resource of topics, and by we, I mean me. Uh, I did drag some monster prom out of you, though. I exhausted my topics as well. They weren't as many, but they were exhausted. They were talked about to, at the length they could be talked about. Just because there were fewer does not mean that they were not used up to their extent of being used. So, the fact that I had more topics than you, all I have is a quote for you. Bigger number, better person. You talk about wrestling, you immediately lose this conversation. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to contact us, give us suggestions for shows to watch, your take on any of the things we talked about today, which we actually actually talked about a myriad of things yep feel free to reach out to us there's numerous ways you can email us at copilotreview at gmail.com you can strike smoke signals into the sky and hope that we see them we won't and also i can't read smoke signals however if you do know semaphore do that but also send me an instruction manual on how to read semaphore i will take the time to learn that one i don't care about smoke signals semaphore seems fun please don't I like try flags to, please don't try to communicate in morse code though not because i couldn't understand it i could with enough time it's just a very very inefficient way to express a message. And also because, like, I'm not going to recognize that you're trying to communicate in Morse code. I'm just going to think that there's, like, annoying, like, knocking noises. And I'm not going to recognize that it's Morse code for, like, weeks. Yeah, you're going to have to repeat the message for a while. But other than our email, you can also reach us at Copilot's Review on Twitter. Or on Hive. Or at copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which has links to our Twitter, our email, our YouTube, our Patreon, our... Discord. Discord. That's the other one. Yep. And from there, you have multitudes of options. Do, do they? Yeah. Our website can what do multitudes. What exactly defines a multitude in a suggestion? Like, how many numbers do you have to approach for someone to consider it a multitude? I think three. I think you have to have at least three. Cool. We'll call it a multitude then. You have multitudes of ways. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next flight on the 22nd nope oh okay whenever it is it's probably on the 22nd i make no promises